And I'm Katie. And this is I'm Not Scared, You're Scared. A horror movie podcast. Hey, horror fans, if you are enjoying our podcast, please subscribe on Spotify or iTunes and give us a great rating. It'll help spread the word. Thank you. Thanks for joining us tonight. We are talking about The Blair Witch Project, released in 1999. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Pre-millennium. Is it? That's right. Well... When yeah, the millennium doesn't begin until the two thousand. Well, and I think that technically it doesn't begin until two thousand and one, right? Oh Wasn't gosh. that no no no? Is two thousand like a was it limbo or whatever? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a gray area. No, I feel like there was something I remember hearing when everybody was freaking about out about Y two K when they were like, well, technically the millennium's already over. It ended when nineteen ninety nine began or something. I don't know. Probably <laughs> misremembering it. I was a senior. I, I was. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I was in high school. It was all blur. I can't remember. So, anyway, the Blair Witch Project stars Heather Donahue, Michael Williams, and Joshua Leonard. But before I get into that, Meredith, um, are you going to tell us what's new with you? I will share a little bit. Please do. Uh, I went um, for when school let out. I went to go see take the kids and go to Yosemite. It was really fun. And um, we went hiking. The kids complained. We saw <laughs> lots of beautiful sights. Of course, the Half Dome and all that stuff. And it was just like, just beautiful and green and um, just a really nice, really nice, fun experience. And and then like a week later, uh, my wonderful, our wonderful engineer yeah, slash my boyfriend and I went to Wisconsin to go hang out with America's playground <laughs> <laughs> to hang out with a bunch of dorks. Mm, good place to do that. Yeah. With our World of Warcraft guilds. And um, it was really fun. We rented an Airbnb. There were like 11 or 12, 11 of us. Oh, my God. Yeah. So that you sat next to each other to play online instead of sitting yeah. in different. No, we didn't play at all. We didn't play oh. any video games. We like we played cards and drank and made food and just like hung out. And that's awesome. You know, went out to eat and just like had a really nice time and. It was really fun getting to know everybody really well, and it's like, it was my first time meeting everybody in person, with the exception of a few people who came to the Bay Area for, like, a wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, so I met them, but um, Victor had already met them last year, but I was not able to go, because um, they had an in-service day for teachers, so I had to go to work. Yeah. And he was like, I'm having fun. I was like, I don't care about your fun. <laughs> hope you fall in a lake. <laughs> Goodbye. There's so many lakes, that's all they have, so. Hope you choke on your cheese curds. <laughs> well, which I had for the first time. Were they squeaky? Yeah. Well, the ones that weren't fried were squeak. Were not. Um, the ones that were fried were obviously not. The ones that were not fried were squeaky with extra squeak. Pretty, pretty good. <laughs> but I never had them. I tried. I tried Culver's, which is like a super common, common fast food place. They had like oh, okay. curds and custard and burgers and stuff. Mm-hmm. It was fine. It was like whatever, but. Um, long story short, we all went to dinner went, went the, our first night. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, like I said, 11 of us, we all ate and had drinks and our bill was $88. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> you big city folk were like, whoa, whoa, what? <laughs> what? We, yeah. I was shocked because everyone had a drink. I yeah. think. Um, so we, that's like, I'm like, that would be impossible. Like. In yeah, like the bar I top would have been more than 88. Easily. For 11 drinks. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. It's that's... crazy. But we had a great time. So that's amazing. Anyway, um, what's new with you, Katie? Uh, well, I'm trying to think back to, you know, what has happened since it's been a little while since we recorded. Mm-hmm. And I did, um, I realized uh, we, we've created kind of um, this wormhole. Uh, I think for the podcast, because when I was listening to the last episode that we posted, the thing episode, um, because we had, since we didn't post the, um, the drag me to hell episode. 
Yeah, because, because it got of, all jacked up. Yeah, the recording, recording didn't come up. out to in a condition that we could post it. And so we, you know, like originally, like way back when, we were like, okay, we're going to do Drag Me to Hell next time. And the next time we came back, we're like, just kidding, we're not doing Drag Me to Hell because it's been postponed so we can have this guest. And then we had another episode come over like, next time, Drag Me to Hell. And then the next episode that came out was The Thing. And there was no mention of Drag <laughs> Me to Hell. Like we didn't even explain why, why we weren't doing it because I think I, at that time... I, we we didn't realize we weren't going to be able to post it. I think we had done done it as a quick, like, okay, like let's just do this because we haven't posted in a while, and then we'll figure it out later. But, yeah. like, our engineer was trying to, he Victor was, like, spent, like, an hour it trying to edit salvageable. And, I mean, it's not unsalvageable, but he was editing it, and it was so messed up that it took an hour to edit, like, ten minutes. And oh, there was, yeah, like, an not hour worth plus. it. Yeah. And he's like, I'll do it, I'll do it. I'm like, ooh. Yeah, no. Like, I would throw in the towel, honestly. <laughs> You're like, and it's my podcast. I know. I'd, I'd be like, oh, you know. He's like, no, I'll do it one day. Like, we'll see. Like, I hope we can eventually. But it was messed up. Yeah. And it's too bad because that was fun. But I just thought it was funny that, like, people, if they were just, you know, going through and listening to the episodes as they come out, like, they get the drag me to hell. No, just kidding. Next time, drag me to hell. Wait, what happened to drag me to hell? It's like never coming. We were threatened. They sued. They're like, we're going to sue you if you talk about drag me to hell. And I was like, fair enough. And they're like, I don't even mention it again. (laughs) (laughs) Sam Raimi showed up at Meredith's door. (laughs) I know. I'll be so mad. I was like, fine. I'm sorry. Yeah. But yeah, so it feels like it's been a while. I mean, it has been a while since we recorded because it was before we were out of school. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then we had, I had some birthday fun while you were in Yosemite, including yes. um, getting a gift from my sister-in-law that Meredith actually got a part of also, which is t-shirts with our podcast image on it. Which I'm very excited about. I have my own. I'm going to like wear it uh, probably tomorrow, honestly. Yeah. Like, well, it's funny because I, I had this on the last time we were supposed to record and then we ended up uh, rescheduling and I was like, oh, I got to make sure to wash that. So we can wear it next <laughs> wash time. it from a pit. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. You're like, can we record? And I was like, I'm so tired. It's like, now that you mention it, go to hell. <laughs> now that you mention it, you should probably suck it instead. Bye. Yeah, yeah. But thanks for asking. Um, but yeah, so that was just one of the many fun parts of my birthday. And then um, after that, we all got COVID. Um, <laughs> not, actually, though, not all of us. My oh. son has still not gotten it, even though That's we so were crazy. like cesspool infecting each other, falling like domino. Like nobody got very sick, but it but was you're just all like each other's mouths. Yeah, it was no, like, you know, my my husband and I tested positive one day and both kids um, tested negative that day. And then, um, you know, we were doing this whole switcheroo p- plans changing because of the family planning to gather for Father's Day. And then we couldn't because everybody else had already had it recently except my father-in-law. And we didn't want to get grandpa sick and the kids were still negative. So we did this whole, you know, plans changing and everything. And then... Um, my daughter tested positive and then like the next day grandpa tested positive and then but my son and so it's I the circle <laughs> right typhoid mary <laughs> and this was me holding tommy up in the air like baby simba trying to keep him away from all the germs because oh, at that no. point i was already testing negative yeah. and so i took him you know through through pillowcase over his head and dragged him home because we were out of town at our vacation house and then he and i were you know staying at home in our happy bubble of i'm recovered and he's still negative and i don't know how i mean the night before grace tested positive they were sleeping in mattresses four feet away from each other while she coughed all night yeah and he he did not get it it's really weird how that happens yeah so he feels invincible now well who can blame him yeah maybe he is yeah i don't know that's that's crazy it's sort of like sounds like my kids sell my well but the thing is like my son never tested positive but he had random fever mm-hmm. i'm like that's so weird like you're gonna randomly get a fever when your sister has, has COVID. covid and you are sharing you're in the same like cabin they went camping or whatever and yeah um that just seems really suspect so i don't know who knows whatever yeah but now we're all um grace was the last holdout and she just tested po- or negative yesterday um, after she missed out on her week of sleepaway volleyball camp at UC Santa Cruz oh, that phew. she couldn't go because she was still testing positive, which was a big bummer. Yeah, um, totally. But now we've got that kind of, I've observed this in other people over the past, you know, couple years of like this, um, 
this kind of swagger that people have that have already had COVID where they're like, whatever, it's no big deal. I don't care. I'll get it again. And I'm like, you do get the, uh, like, you know, cause we were all vaccinated and boosted and everything. But then once you've had it, I feel like there's, I don't know if it makes it seem, um, less frightening mm-hmm. because you've been through it. And ideally you've been through it and it wasn't because for not, none of us had bad symptoms at all. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that Thank really you, science. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but that really makes it feel like, oh, it's really not that big a deal. Like, I don't care if I get it again, because it really wasn't. I mean, it interferes with your plans to some extent because sure. of the rules that we have in place. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't really affect your life that much other than that. And so I can see why people's kind of manner and attitude changes after they've had it. True. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, you're good for like a handful of weeks at least yeah. after having it. And then we, unless you come into a contact with another strain, but typically, I mean, I don't really know the science of it. Well, like, what I I've reason, they, be... they really have no idea how long the immunity could potentially last. Yeah. Um, I, the most reputable document I found about it said anywhere from three months to five years. <laughs> I'm like, well, sure that's quite like, a window. <laughs> I'm guessing probably in the months. Yeah. You know, like as far as. You know, when you, people get, like, the flu, they're fine for, like, a handful of months, and then, you know, might get sick again. I don't know, but... Yeah. Well, I'm glad you guys are all okay. Thank Sorry you. it messed with your plans. Like, I've been... We've made so many plans for this summer. I'm, like, crossing my fingers. I'm like, dear God, please, like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Let me, me get covid when school starts, so then I can take a week off. <laughs> but not during my fun vacation time. Yeah, I'm, like, really worried. Well, not worried, but wondering, because we have not next, not this weekend, but the one after we're doing our annual Girl Scout quote-unquote camp out, even though we're doing it at our, our vacation house this year. Mm-hmm. And I'm, like, thinking to myself, okay, well, this girl had it like a couple months ago and then this girl had it and this time I'm trying like really hoping that nobody has to like call the day before and be like she can't come because she tested positive I'm trying to remember if all of them have already had it (laughs) yeah 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 on our trip to our our nerd fest um one of our the people that was supposed to go was positive her got COVID and Mm -hmm. had to cancel and um yeah, it was a bummer. He was really, like, really, really, you know, really hoping, but he felt like crap. Like, he felt like it was, like, the flu and yeah. just, like, terrible. Yeah, my father-in-law's so. had some pretty bad symptoms as well. And, I mean, you know, he's older, so, it, sure. you know, yeah. it doesn't This guy's in his early 30s. He has no excuse. <laughs> <laughs> bad no, nutrition. No, but, I mean, it, it sucks when it just, like, gets in the way of your, you know, you want to go finally, finally go do something. And, yeah. And, you know, it just sucks. So, well... I guess we're probably caught up, and we'll have to think of something to say for next time. So. Oh, I held back. I held back. <laughs> Me too. A little bit. A little bit so. so let's get into this recap. Sure. Uh, okay, so as I mentioned before, it was this movie was released in 1999. Um, there was a title card in the beginning of the movie that said, uh, it's just like in black and it has white lettering, saying, In October of 1994, three student filmmakers disappeared in the woods near Burkittsville, Maryland, while shooting a documentary. A year later their footage was found. And then... <gasps> da, 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 da. Um, the film starts, you know, opens, and uh, it, there are um, in Heather's apartment, and uh, Josh arrives, and they're, like, leaving that morning to go, um, you know, I guess prepare for this, like, weekend. It's not supposed to be very long. A weekend-long ex- excursion working on their documentary. Um, they go and pick up Mike for, and um, at his mom's house, and this is the first time meeting them because he's like, "Thanks for the opportunity," and then she's like, "I'm Heather," and he's like, "They yeah. kind of like do like little yeah, like, like maybe they put an ad out in some sort of like school, like yeah. or put it up on the bulletin board in the commons yeah. or something." And he's like, "Thanks for the opportunity," basically, and yeah. she's like, "They're you know great, you know well, you know we're so glad you're able to make it," mm-hmm. and so. Then they head to the grocery store to pick up some supplies for the trip and head over to Burkittsville, Maryland. As a viewer, you um, get behind the scenes views because there are a few cameras that are operating pretty much continuously. Not mm-hmm. like they have like the really official one where the film's in black and white, mm-hmm. and then the one that's just like a handheld, I think, camcorder of some kind. Um, and then they are just kind of, you, you get the sense that they're excited. Um, they take the product seriously, but they are kind of lighthearted. They joke around. They go to the grocery store to get um, different um, 
different snacks and things for their trip. And they do a little drinking. Do some drinking. They're just, just like, college you know, kids having some fun. Yeah. And recording it. They do. They <laughs> seem like serious people, but also like, you know, we're going to have, you know, we're going to enjoy this. This is going to be a great, great time. And so um, Heather takes the lead and she conducts the interviews speaking to locals once they get to Burkittsville, Maryland. They get some interesting information from locals. One local spoke about uh, Mr. Parr, I think was his name who was a local hermit who lived on the woods and kidnapped children, taking them to his home and killing them and making them face into the corner of his basement and um, killing them. And he had one listen to their companion screams as this happened. Um, they interviewed a lot of other locals, too. They spoke about how the woods were, you know, creepy and haunted and how they wouldn't go into them. Um, then they also speak to an eccentric woman named Mary Brown, um, who had an encounter with the Blair Witch as a child. She encountered her while fishing and seeing a woman who was entirely covered in hair slash fur like a horse. Yeah, it was it was a werewolf. She met a werewolf. <laughs> yeah, I thought so too. Um, so then after the interview with Mary Brown, it's pretty clear that Heather, Mike, and Josh, do they think she's kind of like a cuckoo lunatic who claimed that she was also in the film business and a ballerina and just say, was kind of saying nonsense yeah. stuff. And they're like, okay, great, bye. Um, and also I noted that uh, her like little gate when they walked into her, her property to go talk to her, Mary Brown was like weird, like twigs and stuff kind of twined together. Oh, like um, the chips yeah. later. Right. Mm -hmm. So you're like, huh, that's kind of odd. But, and then, so after that first day of filming the trio, they toast to successful first day and, um, they have a few shots of whiskey in their hotel room that evening. They just talk about the day and how, how it went really well. The second day, they head into the woods and run into some fishermen. One fisherman speaks about seeing a strange mist coming out of the water, and he they warn the trio that the woods are haunted. And um, they then officially leave the car, their car. They, meaning Heather, or Josh, leaves his car. I think he's the one who drove. Um, it's his car. And they leave it on the side of the road. And they have their packs their, and their, you know, their tent and the dat and all their stuff and they're ready to go and hike they, and they're pretty well equipped too they mm -hmm. you know like they're not kind of idiots going into the woods you know they've got a compass they've got like the the topographical map they've mm -hmm. you know and they've got all of their equipment and everything like they seem savvy to the outdoors right and they seem um you know ready to go they prepared and, yeah. and kind of scouted out the Did area their research. a little bit yeah mm -hmm. so they they hike into the woods and they um, they hike to a place called Coffin Rock, where Heather does her, I call it her official documentary thing, where she speaks <laughs> about, um, you know, in the, the fancy camera. And she talks about five men who were found at Coffin Rock. They were found, I think, in the late 1800s. And they, some, um, they were murdered in some kind of ritual. And um, so that's kind of creepy. Then they proceed f further into the woods. Heather insists that she knows where they're located, but Mike and Josh are unsure about this. They're kind of ambivalent, like, oh, do you really know? She's like, I know. I'm sure I know where we're going. It's just the natural distrust of a woman navigating. <laughs> yeah, right. That's sort of what I think. They, they like, <laughs> think she got them lost, like, immediately. They're yeah, like, like she gave them no reason to think that she was not leading them in the right direction, and they were like, nah. -uh. They're she's like, do you even know? And she's like, yeah, we're going. This is the map. I'm looking. I have my company. You know, I know what's up. Anyway, so... So then the weather becomes rainy, they set up the tent, and, and in the morning, Josh tells the others that he heard no noises all around the tent in the night, including a cackle. And then Matt, or excuse me, Mike says, hey, if I heard a cackling in the night, I would have shit my pants, <laughs> which kind of made me laugh. And I say one of, one of my favorite lines was, I think it's the first night when they um, have their campfire and they're roasting little weenies, and, and Heather's like, witches in days gone by were roasted just like my Vienna sausage. <laughs> I, I that kind of made me laugh too and then the part where there was a dead mouse and she's like what killed this mouse <laughs> yeah, yeah. was it witchcraft and yeah. I was like haha so they're like they like I said they take this seriously but they're also like having, having a good time like they, they're not fun. afraid no no you know, they they're just not going really... into something that, that that is scaring them yeah they just seem curious yeah and they're trying to like find out more and um so the following morning, morning um, or that morning, they continue, um, and they, Heather tells them that she got them lost for a little bit that previous day. So when he, Josh woke up and said he heard noises, this is c the continuing continuation of that day. Like mm -hmm. I had a, a typo here. 
Um, the film then shows them traversing the woods, complaining, telling Heather that she got them lost. Mike insists on looking at the map, and then he concedes that he does not know what he's looking at. The hike is long, exhausting, it's raining, and Josh and Mike are thoroughly, they do not trust Heather. They eventually find a cemetery with three small piles of rocks or cairns. Um, Josh knocks one over, and Heather quickly fixes it, or she attempts to fix the pile. Later that evening, they hear noises in the night. The three of them wake to investigate. Heather shouts, hello. There's noise all around them. It's like clack, clack, clack of like rocks and mm-hmm. stuff. Heather berates Mike because he doesn't want to leave the tent. And the three of them discuss what the noises are. Is it something weird? Paranormal? Is it locals? Either way, Mike and Josh feel that they don't want to mess with locals or anything else. They wander more in the woods. Heather insists that they are not lost, but Mike <laughs> and Josh do not believe her. They're wet, tired, cranky, cold, and lost. <laughs> Heather <laughs> asks them to set up camp. Um, she's like, we are not, we're close to the car. We're just not like close, close enough, enough to where we can find it in the dark. Yeah. It's really dark out. And she's like, we need to set up camp. They're like, screw you. We're going to find us to the car. Get us to the car. She, she's like, it's impossible. Like, it's going to be dark. So they like begrudgingly... Um, Hold on. Josh, or wait. So, Josh and Mike are pissed. Mike yells. Josh Josh asks to look at the map. They set up the tent later in the evening. The weird noises are back. It's cold. The the trio they go to investigate. They hear clacking rock noises. They yell out. The noises continue, undeterred by their yelling. Whatever it is, it's not animals. They're like, hello, hello. It's like, like, continuing, happening. Heather asks Josh to film and capture the sounds, or excuse me, Mike, and she, he insists, he's like, he says, please stay out here with me. She's like, I'm going to stay out here with you. I'll stay out here with you. And he's like, please don't leave me. Yeah, he's definitely the least cool of the three of them throughout this process. Like the most, like having the most anxiety, freaking out the most about the possibility of being lost, the possibility of supernatural stuff, like... Josh and Heather are are keeping it together a little bit better, and he starts falling apart pretty yeah. early on. Because like when they he she's like I want to find get us to the car, and he's like come on, like starts yelling, and yeah, she's like has like no, she's cool. like stop, like you yelling isn't gonna make me find the car for you, you know, like shut up. And anyway, he's just he's a little afraid he can't. Anyway, so the following morning, there are certain there are three Karens surrounding the tent, those piles of rocks, and Josh and Mike asked if they think it's a coincidence, but Heather says that it's impossible for them to happen to set up a tent right in the middle of those three piles of rocks. And Josh and Mike then ask to see the map. Heather discovers that the map is gone. Josh starts berating Heather, telling her that he gave her back the map. She's like, I don't know, I don't know. And Mike just says, like, let's follow the, follow the river. Please stop fighting. Heather insists that she did not lose the map. After some reflecting, Josh decides that they need to accept they, they are not getting the rented equipment back on time. Heather said it's not that hard to stay lost in America, and they all decide that people will notice when they are not back, when they are supposed to be. Oh, and at this point, I want, I want to point out, Heather's hair should be looking nasty. After, like, mm-hmm. two, like, I, you, like, you've camped, I've camped, mm-hmm. like, after one night sleeping in a tent, your hair doesn't look great. Mm-hmm. And she's, like, throughout this movie, like, night two, night three, like, her hair doesn't look dirty, it doesn't look tangled, it doesn't look greasy. I'm, like, how is she doing it? That's the real witchcraft. <laughs> is this, like, the thing where if something bothers me and it's, like, doesn't bother, like, literally anyone yeah, else? Yeah, no one else even notices. And I'm just like, why is her hair still glossy and shiny? Like, it's... Maybe she's I, just one of those people. Like, I know people there, like, I haven't washed my hair in, like, eight days. And I'm like, I would look like a swamp witch. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Because, that. like, yeah, if you're... If you do that for long enough, then, you know, the oil production in your scalp adjusts and it doesn't get greasy as quickly. Like, I... Mm-hmm. But it's... They never show her brushing it or rebraiding it or anything. And it is always looking like super neat and tidy and clean mm-hmm. i was skeptical and you should be <laughs> rightly and rightly so yeah <laughs> everyone else looks terrible and she's like i'm lost too and she looked great <laughs> <laughs> um so then uh, after some reflecting like i said they decide to just go down keep walking along the river and, and eventually they'll get somewhere and then um 
let's see, they are crossing the water, and Heather gets wet, and then Mike and Josh just, like, start laughing at her, and then fi- and then she's like, you know, I, find, I think it's really funny that you just think it's so funny that I'm, or I think it's really cool that you think it's so funny I'm going to be, like, uncomfortable for this whole day. Yeah. And they're, like, just laughing, they're like, we're just laughing, like, eventually you just have to laugh, and we're, like, really uncomfortable, too, and at that point, Mike finally confesses to kicking the map into the creek, saying that it was useless, and then Heather and Josh start screaming and yelling at Mike. They, like, really freak. This is the point where I feel like that's the breaking point, really. Like, yeah. they really freak out. And she's like, you know, if we get hurt or die out here, it's going to be your fault. Yeah. Because he's like, that, Mike was like, that map wasn't worth shit. It didn't tell us anything. She's like, I knew how to read it. Yeah. Like, you it didn't really tell you anything. Yeah. yeah. She's like, you really screwed us over. Um. So he finally, Mike is like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Like... Because Josh, like, took him by the collar. He was, like, they were, like, ready to, like, throw yeah. throw some blows. And um, Heather says, like, Mike has, has betrayed them and, you know, gave me the compass. You can't hold the compass anymore. And um, Josh says, you give me the compass. You guys have both screwed us over. So, like, give it to me. <laughs> so then they're sitting there resigned, upset. And Heather's like, why we stop walking? They eventually get up and decide to keep going. Later, Mike finds a ton of wind-crafted stick figures hanging from the trees. They fill in the stick figures and then later are forced once again to set up camp. Because they have not found the car. They're lost. They're just lost. And this is night three or four? I think I've, like, lost track, unfortunately. I feel like it's three. (laughs) I think it might be the third night, too. Um, That evening, they, they do not light a fire. They're like, you know... We don't want to attract whatever's been following us. Yeah. And, like, let's turn off the lights, you know, because this is, like, bad news, you know. Uh, I think as, on some level, they think it's, like, locals. Well, they, they're probably hoping, them. you know, because yeah. they don't want to admit the possibility that it's something supernatural. Yeah. And so best case scenario is that it's people messing with them. They can't, I think, do they mention, like, a deliverance situation? I can't I remember. I think someone says, like, oh, this is, like, a deliverance thing. Where it's like locals are like we don't like outsiders. You're, yeah. like, you're you're bringing attention to us, and you know we're gonna mess with you. So, yeah. um, but in any case, they're like we don't want to mess with it. So then later that evening, and I put here the shit really hits the fan. <laughs> <laughs> so surrounding their tent, they hear voices, weird whispering, children laughing. They all wake up. Heather like puts on her jeans really fast, and something starts like knocking and flapping on the outside of the tent, like <laughs> like shaking the whole tent. And then you see them, like, hauling ass as Heather's, like, screaming, like, ah, <laughs> And they're running and running, and um, the light's on on, so you're not seeing anything, but you hear them, like, gasping for air, like, hiding in the woods with each other, away from their tent. And they're like, what the fuck was that? Oh, my God. Like, flipping out. Then the uh, sun rises, and they return to their uh, campsite. They see that all their stuff was thrown around. Josh finds a strange slime on his stuff. Everything is, like, super disheveled. He's like, why is my stuff messed up? Like, what the hell? Yeah. Um, she And Heather also asks, like, why you? Why why this happened to your stuff? They Heather continues to film, but Mike and Josh ask, the, ask for her to please stop. And they continue further. They're like, why are you filming this? Like, we just need to get the, he- like, get the hell out of here, and you're just filming this. Like, it's a, some fun project. And she just keeps doing it. So they decide to just kind of... Um, you know, head south, they're like, eventually we'll hit something, you know. They finally realize, though, after hiking all day long, that they have um, ended up in the same spot where they were. They just hiked in a big, long circle. Yeah. So their compass is not working. Whatever's happening is not... Whatever's affecting the compass, saying that they're going the right direction, is messing it up. I don't know what it is. It's, is it like a Stranger Things situation? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where, yeah. Where it's like messing with their, like the magnet. They set up camp, and then they just sort of chat. I feel like they're just resigned to just keep each other company, try to figure this out, try to get through it. They kind of joke about, like, how they're going to eat mashed potatoes and stuff. And yeah. um, they're like, what's your favorite thing to do to Heather? And she's like, well, it used to be hiking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they kind of chuckle. And mm-hmm. as a viewer, you're like, oh, you know, it's a little quick humor before we have more scared, we're more terrified. The following morning, Josh is missing. And Mike and Heather shout his name in the woods as they look for him. They break down the tent, hoping that he'll return by the time they're ready to go. But he does not. And all of his stuff is still at camp. (coughs) 
how Victor edited that out. <laughs> then they decide to head east and hope for the best. Really disillusioned and giving up hope. That evening, they set up camp again without Josh and hope for his return. That night, they wake to hear Josh or someone that sounds like Josh screaming. Mike shouts for Josh to tell them where he is, but he doesn't answer, and they just continue to hear him screaming. They walk around the, walk around the woods for a bit, and they're not successful in finding him. The following morning, Heather lets Mike sleep. She walks out of the tent and finds a bundle of sticks. She initially throws the bundle, and Mike seems to have had a breakdown. He's kind of just, like, rocking back and forth at this yeah. point, and she, like, goes to give him to comfort him. She's like, I'm here. You know, we'll be okay. Eventually, she's curious, and she goes to, like, look at where she threw the bundle, like, that bundle of sticks, and she unwraps it. She finds a piece of shirt, Josh's shirt, teeth, hair, and blood. Uh, she screams and washes her hands. Mike's like, what's that? She's like, it's nothing. It's fine. This is fine. I just got my period. It's fine. It's, it's fine. I'm just on the rack. It's fine. Um, so I think she realizes she can't tell Mike because he's like, he's already blind. Yeah. Yeah. So she's like terrified and, um, you know, so something is hunt- hunting them. Then um, let's see. They later that night. Uh, hold on. They discovered. Wait, hold on. Shoot. They, oh, so they set up camp again. Then there's the famous, famous scene where Heather <laughs> has, like, the up the nose yeah, video. Yeah, with, with the snot running yeah. down. And she's just, like, she apologizes for getting them lost, insisting that everything has to be done her way. She says she's terrified. Something's hunting them. You know, she apologizes to her parents and Josh's parents and Mike's parents. Then later they hear Josh's cries and they run to discover an abandoned home. Mike and Heather run upstairs, and then Mike runs down to the basement as Heather follows and pleads with Mike to stop. Please, you know, please stop. Like, and he doesn't seem to be hearing her. He's like, I hear him. I'm going to go. I'm going to find him. Uh, he's like kind of on a mission. Mike's camera shows what he is seeing as he enters the basement when there is a thud, and then the camera goes, his camera is dropped and goes to black. And uh, Heather gets no answer from Josh as she heads into the basement to find him standing in the corner. And then she screamed, and there's a little thump, and the camera drops to the floor, and then there's silence. And that is the end of the Blair Witch Project. <gasps> and everybody sits in the audience, stunned. Everyone's like, what, Wait, what? just happened? <laughs> what happened? Oh, my gosh. Oh, no. <laughs> um, so, Katie, did you think that movie was scary? I did. I did. I remember seeing it um, for the first time in the theater with my friend Sean, and I was a senior in high school. And um, even in, you know, the middle of a crowded theater, um, it was still like it was very engrossing, is very captivating. And it was like it. I mean, the reason that we picked it for um, to start this whole found footage um, mm-hmm. project mm-hmm. is because it was really the first time. Um, we saw found footage used like this. And so that automatically makes it more impactful. It's just like how the first Toy Story blew everyone's mind because it was the yeah. first time we had seen that kind of computer animation. Um, and so it's it's very memorable um, in that way. And then like one of the things that um, I, I thought enhanced it and you kind of mentioned that like they had the two cameras and so they had a black and white feed and a color feed. And so that kind of, um, I think made it give gave it some more depth um and maybe made it a little bit more unsettling um because you didn't have that continuity and consistency of it being the same one all the way through um i think that compared to a lot of other found footage movies that um and some of the ones that we'll you know talk about in the next couple episodes i think it's one of the most convincing um in terms of really seeming like something that amateur photographers would have shot and then just lost and it's just being displayed to us with no editing whatsoever because the Mm -hmm. quality and the uh you know the cameramanship whatever Mm -hmm. you call it um it, it just seems very very amateur um the herky jerkiness of it um that you know made some viewers nauseous and things like that um I think over time, a lot of the found footage movies got just a little bit more refined Mm -hmm. where they found like a sweet spot between this type of found footage and just a like a normally shot film. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that this one being so gritty in that way um, made it more believable that Mm -hmm. it was actually like kind of 
just really discovered in the woods by some random people. And that was something I, when I was writing some notes down while I was watching it, I was wondering, um, like, when, I don't even really remember what I thought, maybe you do, like, how many people, when they were seeing this for the first time, believed that it really was real footage that was found in the woods? Oh, I knew a lot of people who thought it was. Yeah, they They're were, like, like convinced. This is real. Yeah. And I was like, mm, no, it's not real. <laughs> like, trust me, it's I not real. I don't think it's real. If I it think... was real, they wouldn't have made it into a movie that's being released at Century Theaters. <laughs> right. <laughs> But I was like, it's really cool, though. Like, I really loved it. And I thought it was just so creative. But people were like, no, we saw the missing posters, like, as I mentioned mm, earlier. Um, yeah. That I, 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 yeah, that that was, it was hard to convince people yeah. that that wasn't true. Um, and I also think, and this is um, something that uh, my son disagreed with me on, but the idea of being lost in the woods, that scenario, I think is just as frightening as the idea that there's a witch in the woods. Because mm -hmm. so much of the movie is based around, and they're not even necessarily afraid of the witch. And it's like, yeah, there's at first there's some weird stuff happening at night, but maybe it's just animals, maybe it's nothing. What's really terrifying is the fact that they're fucking lost in the woods. Yeah. And they yeah. cannot get out. Like, that is really, really frightening. And mm -hmm. so if you, that's your baseline for their experience right now, is that kind of terror of like, oh my God, maybe we're going to starve to death in the woods. Yeah. And then you add on top of that, like, now there's a supernatural being that's like hunting us in the night. Yeah. Yeah. And so you have two components that are both equally really, really scary. And like, one is very tangible, very real, very possible. And then the other one is like, you know... You, you are trying to pretend that it's not an actual possibility. Um, but combining those two, I think, made it a lot scarier, too. Um, oh, and, for sure. Yeah. And like I always say, with scary movies, you know, your choice of how to watch it will affect whether or not it scares you. And so if you're watching it in broad daylight and laughing and talking and blah, 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 not paying attention, then it's probably not going to seem very scary. But if you turn the lights out and pay attention and get into it, it's really scary. And you're like, oh, my gosh. They're so lost, and that witch is going to bite them in the ass. <laughs> Something's going to happen. Did you think it was scary? Oh, for sure when I first saw it. And I still I still give it a watch every few years. Like, just, you know, it's... I feel like it's one of those movies that really holds its own, and it's, it's still... It still was terrifying if you put yourself into that position where you're like, I'm going to be... Like you said, I'm going to watch this, because I want to watch something, like, a little scary. And, yeah. and be like, ooh, like, have that... I, I would say exhilaration, but I also watch it with, like, awe, in awe, like, oh, my gosh, you know, this is so cool, so creative and original. And even still, after watching it, how long has it been? 20, more than 20 years. I still am rooting for them to get out of the woods. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, maybe they'll make it. This I'm is like, the time. Do you I'm also like, say that, like, you feel that way every time you watch Carrie? Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, like, rooting for her to, like, not have the pig's blood dumped on her. I know. I'm like, don't go there, Katie. <laughs> no, Katie, Carrie. <laughs> Stay away Sorry. from the prom. <laughs> Sorry, Freudian slip. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's that. And then this, where I'm like, oh, you know, maybe. This is going to be the time. Maybe this is the one where they don't, they don't end up as they do in the basement of the, um, of that. But I do recall, though, there was, like, a stuff on E! or something, I can't remember, and it was, like, pseudo-documentary about how they discovered these film canisters and how they realized it was from the kids, the documentary kids who went missing, and after they, like, watched it, and they're like, how does this, how did this film inexplicably get buried under this, the charred remains of that house? Yeah. Of, which was still standing, but was no longer supposed to be standing anymore. Mm -hmm. And, um, so whatever they did, like, the way they strategize, like, the, what is that called? Like, um, gorilla, PR? Gorilla marketing, though? Something yeah, yeah, where yeah. it's, like, really weird. Yeah. Um, Very inventive. Yes. And so it, it raised questions and made you, like, really curious. And I, I saw it on opening weekend, and we're, like, a packed theater. And mm -hmm. we're, like, ooh. Like, for, they're, like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. And they. Like screaming out loud. Yeah. yeah. And I, I want to say, like, three quarters of, of the theater thought it was real. Yeah. You know, I was, maybe I thought, maybe you thought it was real. I don't know. I was, like, 16 or 15 at the time. So who knows? But. Yeah. I think like, three-year-old Meredith would have been skeptical. <laughs> 
But later, for sure, I had friends who like were like, "It's real," and I was like, "No, it's not." Like I know, I remember arguing yeah. about it, saying this is bullshit. But um, yeah, like I said, you asked a very simple question: Is it scary? I would say mm-hmm. back then I was terrified, and I thought it was really scary. I no longer am terrified, but I'm rooting for them, so I will take that for whatever you think that means. <laughs> nice. Um, okay, well, you know me and my sequels, um, my love of sequels and remakes, um, and there are two sequels to this. Um, One that should be thrown into this oh my God. dumpster. Oh my God. And so I feel very fortunate that up until this last week, I had never watched Blair Witch 2. Um, it's called uh, it's called Book of Shadows, Blair Witch Two, or should be called Blair Witch Two, Cash Grab. Yeah, Book of Shite. Book of Shite. <laughs> what it should be called. Um, so Steaming it w- garbage. <laughs> <laughs> that is too generous. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's if the filmmakers oh, are listening. I'm sorry, but I think they I said know what I said. They know. They yeah. have to know. Um, so not, it came out in 2000, so just the very next year. Yeah. And it takes this um, standpoint that it's uh, it, it's still operating. Well, both of the sequels are operating in a universe where these events actually happened. Mm-hmm. These film canisters were actually found. And so in the, in the first sequel, this is the aftermath of the real town um, that uh, after... Wait a minute. No, no, no. The the later sequel operates as if the canisters were actually found. The middle sequel is in our world. Mm-hmm. So the, um, the one that came out immediately after is talking about basically what the town of Burkittsville went through after this fictional movie Blair Witch Project came out. But then all of these lunatics that thought it was real start coming to their town as this tourist attraction for like horror movie buffs. Um, they should have just embraced it like Forks Washington. Yeah. Well, and some of them <laughs> did. Like there were people that like there's this like lady in front of her. She was like, I started making the little twig man figures and selling them to tourists. And and then one of them came up and said, do you have any rocks? And I was like, uh. And so I went in the backyard and I got a bunch of rocks and I sold him the rocks for $20. It's like some of them were definitely like taking advantage of me. it. Like here you go. That'd be forty five dollars. <laughs> yeah, um, and so then basically it was like um, it takes this angle of uh, tourism, like the cash grab for the young um, people who are like, oh, well, all these tourists are coming, they want this Blair Witch experience, and so I'm gonna sell this experience of like taking them into the woods. And there's like competing douchebag twenty somethings that are running their little tourism service of taking, you know, one's got like German tourists and Japanese tourists, and and so it's basically following this one group that have hired one of these tour guides to take them on this Blair Witch experience. Mm -hmm. Um, And then naturally, like, the idea is that this is happening in the real world where the movie was fake, but actual witchcraft still ends up existing and targeting them. Mm -hmm. Um, But the whole thing was just trash. I mean, it was, like, badly written, badly acted, badly produced. Mm-hmm. It didn't make any sense. It was, like, stupid and also boring. Like, it, it, I mean, it was, it was one of the worst movies I have ever seen. I can say that. Wait, uh, that's was not an exaggeration. Dracula better? Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. So much better. Now you've seen the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, I've seen I've seen the darkness, and now yeah. I will pay you to let me watch uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula instead. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Book of Shadows, no bueno. No. Yeah. So that was 2000. So fast forward to 2016, and we get a really, really fantastic sequel yeah. um, that you and I both love that is um, set back in the reality of the first movie, mm-hmm. um, and it's the um it it almost um comes across the same as the first movie because basically what it is it's Heather's little brother 
Mm-hmm. So he was a little guy when Heather disappeared. And yeah. then this is like 17 years later. He has seen some um, footage that somebody has uploaded on the Internet showing um, that supposedly taken in the woods that shows like a little glimmer of something that might be Heather. Mm-hmm. And so he's decided that now he's going to get his team of his buddies together and go out into the woods with their camera and try and find out for once and for all what happened to his sister. I liked that, that they incorporate like technology and stuff like that didn't it wasn't around obviously in this fictional time it was 1999 but like there was the internet at the time there, but there was no youtube yeah, like, yeah it wasn't where it is obviously now and even when the film supposedly took place in 1994 that definitely wasn't the case yeah so i thought that was fun like i don't really remember the movie that much but i really i remember being like oh that was good and yeah surprised yeah and happy that so you've was, got that you've got like a group it, you know it's her brother um this uh three of his friends a guy and two girls um and then they meet up with a guy and a girl that are supposedly the people that uploaded the footage to youtube that they found who's they're gonna like tell them where they went and where they where they took the footage and everything kind of being like guides right well and originally like yeah they they um the brother didn't want them to actually go with them but then they were like well if you don't let us like because they're also filming and they're like we want to film you guys filming that was very meta Mm -hmm. but um they were like if you don't let us go with you like we're not going to help you or we're not going to tell you what you want to know and so they're like fine so initially they all go out together and uh-huh. then you see a lot of the same like breakdowns, um, like the mishaps that happen when you're in the woods and then the getting lost and the injuries and then the fighting and people getting scared or frustrated or freaking out as weird things start happening. Um, and so you see the the same themes um, from the original movie, but it's not it's still like. Um, something like new and interesting. It's not like, oh, this is just the same movie again. It didn't seem old and played out when I watched it. I no. felt like it was like, I, I felt riveted. Yeah. And I liked liked watching it, but... And yeah. I think part of it, it was, too, that it had a slightly better production quality, so that might have made it seem a little bit less realistic, but just by virtue of it being... You know, even if if you're looking at the equipment that the original group would have had in 94 Mm -hmm. versus the equipment this group would have had in 2016, like they have better cameras on their phones than the people in 94 could rent from the school video lab. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it kind of makes sense that the quality of the footage would be a little better. And so it does seem a little it's less gritty, Mm -hmm. um, but it's still really good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to give it another watch for sure. Like I mentioned earlier. I should have brought the DVD for you. I know. I would have wanted, like, do I even have a DVD player? Somewhere. (laughs) You can find somewhere to stick it. I have one in the, I have one in the living room, but, um, yeah, I really enjoyed that and I will watch it again. I didn't, I forgot to mention though, I, um, some, some of the, like I said, marketing or whatever, and Mm -hmm. like they had a fake documentary about discovering these film canisters, how these kids students were went missing and they had like family members like all of this is like an air air quoting (laughs) like you know talking about the loss how their children were never found and how like you know they went into Burgessville and talked to people and you know what was it it was very like an aliens encounter of the encounters kind of situation like whatever happened unsolved mysteries kind of situation And, like I mentioned, the marketing had, like, missing posters, and it had the actors, and it had, like, their uh, height, weight, age, and it's like, please call the sheriff's department if you have information. So, people really bought into it. There was Mm -hmm. a lot of buy-in that these people were really missing. And um, then, of course... They're they're on the cover of like Entertainment Weekly and they're like we're not missing. <laughs> Look, it's me, Heather. Yeah, my hair and still looks amazing. I know. And uh, people were like really upset. You know, they're like they felt like they'd been had. Yeah. But I like War of the Worlds scenario. Like, mm, I love this. This is so good. <laughs> but I someone had like put this online the um, casting, like the ad that was in the newspaper for for them when they're filming the movie and it said attention casting improv- improvisational feature film. The script was only, like, 35 pages of, like, a, a gist of what yeah. was going to happen. And all of the lines, everything spoken aloud was Im- improvised by yeah. the actors. They were paid, like, $1,000 a day for a period of eight days of the filming. Um, they ended up with, like, 19 hours of footage, and it got edited down to, like, an hour and a half. 
um, this end, uh, the project is called is called the Black Hill Project. It's non-union. They will pay uh, for travel and meals. They're shooting October through November for three weeks in Maryland. Maybe it was three weeks, but it said online to eight days. I don't really know. Anyway, um, it said they're seeking men and women 18 to 25 with a natural look. <laughs> or Heather's hair, which is really very nice, I guess. And, then, um, and it says extremely challenging role to, she, to be shot under difficult conditions. And um, so that's how the actors sort of found the work and were, were cast into it. Um, but yeah, it was really gritty. And I think the marketing also reminded me a little bit of The Ring yeah. when I was up at, in the middle of the night. And it was just that weird tape. Yeah. That they watch in the ring and with no announcement or any kind of information for what you had just watched. And you just, I just felt like it had a stroke or something. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. Am I going insane? <laughs> Is this what heaven's like or hell? <laughs> but, well, um, you know yeah. what it um, reminded me of um, when, and I don't know if you've seen The Ritual. Yes. I so, like, the ritual. there's some aspects that are so glaringly similar that you're like, wait a minute. But the ritual is such, I mean, I've, I go back and, and keep watching that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so captivating. And, but then, like, I'll, you know, just put it on and then I'll be like, no, this is creeping me out too much. I actually don't want to watch this today. And I'll, like, turn it off. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that whole, the, the lost in the woods, the things that happen outside your tent at night, the things that you wake up to outside your tent at night the Mm. weird buildings one finds in the woods that are abandoned and the things that might be inside like it's got a lot of elements um, that are similar to this and it is also terrifying but not found footage no not a found footage but I really loved that movie yeah so good it was very like nuanced and there's like all this guilt and you know grief and yeah um I really like the actor who was the main character who's in Shaun of the Dead and like one of his first movie roles I Mm -hmm. think and He's like a young, chubby face. Not chubby face, but like a full-faced 17-year-old kid. And um, Sean was like, how old are you? And he's like, 17. (laughs) And he's like, I'm only 29. And then he's like, how old are you? And he's like, I'm 17. And um, he's awesome and funny. But anyway, I digress. I love that movie. But yeah. Um, Oh, and so for parent... Um, my parent remarks, um, this, so Blair Witch Project now holds the distinction of being the first ever scary movie that my son has ever watched. Oh, yeah. He yeah. watched it with me. Um, he has started, so, um, his, you know, the things we do for love, um, his girlfriend has had him, like, mostly they like watching Disney movies, but she has got him watching Stranger Things. She, and actually, yeah. he before they were even dating, one of the first inklings that I had that, you know, he liked this girl was that he started watching Criminal Minds. And that is not at all an area of interest for him whatsoever. And she and is interested in that? I remember asking, I'm like, oh, like, what got you started on that? And he's like, oh, well, you know, so-and-so watches it. I'm like, oh, oh, she does, does she? All righty then. Um, and so now they're, she's watched all of Stranger Things all the way through, but she's gone back to the beginning with him and they're watching through it together. Mm-hmm. And so he's kind of dipping his toe in with that. And so during the time period that he and I were, you know, not quarantining because we were the healthy ones, but we were isolated from the quarantining ones. And it was just the two of us. And I had to um, rewatch Blair Witch Project. And so I was like, hey, do you want to watch it with me? Mm-hmm. Um And he was like, well, how scary is it? And I'm like, I have no idea how to answer that question for you, son, because you are 15 and the scariest thing you've ever watched is episode one of Stranger Things. (laughs) I don't I I don't know how to answer that question. (laughs) Oh, you sweet summer child. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But basically, I was like, if it starts to be too scary, you can just go like you Mm -hmm. don't have to keep watching it. Um, but he stuck out through the whole thing. There were parts and I told him, I gave him my little spiel of like, you know, if you start to feel too scared, like scroll on your phone, like do some of your Snapchatting, like whatever, like there's, you know, there's things that you can do to kind of mitigate your environment so that you don't feel so scared. And so I did see like he was on his phone. I mean, he'd be on his phone either way. Um, 
But there were a couple of points when I looked over and he had like like one hand kind of like on his brow and his like face turned down a little bit. And so like the hand was like blocking his peripheral vision from the TV. So, <laughs> so he wasn't like full on covering his eyes, but he was like, I'm just going to it was like a like just a defensive thing of like yeah. he didn't at parts. I think he really thought at some point you were going to see the witch. Yeah. And he didn't want to. And well, so, you know how I feel about that. Not yeah, that that's what makes it scarier. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so I think that he did that at points in the movie when he anticipated that they were about to show the witch for the first time. And he was yeah, not wanting to see that. House yeah, stuff. he did it like one point earlier when like at nighttime outside the tent. And then, yeah, toward the end, especially when they're running down into the basement, like he mm-hmm. was sure that that was when we were going to see her. Yeah. Um, and so yeah. he was deflecting that a little bit. And so it was it was very sweet. But when I, I mentioned to him my thought about how being the idea of being lost in the woods is just as scary, if not scarier than the witch and he goes no it's not <laughs> he's definitely more scared of the idea of this witch um but yeah it's um in terms of showing it to kids like it's not inappropriate in any way i mean they they do say fuck a lot like they, yeah, they, they curse, curse a lot they're lost and yeah but even yeah just in their casual conversation you know they're like young college students you know that and they just they say fuck a lot um, so there, there's a lot of swearing if that's something that a parent um, took issue with. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know if it's something that um, you would want to show to a newbie, a, mm-hmm. a horror movie newbie. Like a newbie that's 15, I felt comfortable with that. But like a 10-year-old newbie, no. Probably not. Yeah, too scary for that. Scarier than Baba Duke. Yeah, I would think so. Although Grace, so and so that's Tommy. Grace, when she the first time I tried to show this to her, probably I think it was during COVID. So at some point in the last two years, so she was like in the eleven to thirteen range. She just thought it was boring and she didn't want to finish it. So Mm. she she quit on it halfway through. She still hasn't seen the end. Oh bummer. Yeah. So I told her I'm like, well, now your brother has seen more of a scary movie than you have. I mean, that's pretty embarrassing if you ask me. Yeah. So I was trying to bully her into watching it again, but uh, she's like, she does not care. take that bait. She's not that easily manipulated. <sighs> that's but, too bad. Uh, that's my parent remarks for this. Well, I love this movie. It will always stay in. You know, I'll watch it every few years for yeah. sure. And I think, like you mentioned, what you don't see, and, and one of my biggest things is not seeing the horrible thing mm-hmm. that makes me so freaked out. Yeah. And and having it be left up to your imagination, which is always more terrible, I yeah. think, than reality. And this, uh, Blair Witch... they were to show like, it to you. Yeah, they did that better than any of the found footage that came after. And I think it's because there is that unsatisfying nature of the end of Blair mm-hmm. Witch Project. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't see the witch. You don't see what actually happens. That so you never find out what happens to Josh because it's Mikey that's in the corner. Mm-hmm. And, and then Heather's camera drops and that's it. Whereas, as found footage movies evolve, you start seeing them finding ways to create story closure mm-hmm. even within this idea of like oh this is just security footage and we just found it and we didn't edit it at all but yeah. they're still they they've strategically done it so that you still get the sense that you're getting the the conclusion of a story yeah, yeah. whereas with this there was like no no conclusion because this is legit just camera footage we found yeah it was very raw and um sort of ambiguous but like i think the film I guess the studio, it was purchased at Sundance. Mm. And then the studio was like, we need this to be more definitive, you know, ending. And so they filmed a few other endings and then ended up having the same one they had in the first place. But they added more information from when they would go to talk to the locals. Oh, yeah. To explain more. Like, what the happened. Whole, like, why Mike is facing in the corner. Yes. And, yeah. Yeah. To like kind of make front loaded it a little bit of that information, like, and that was a really yeah. smart way to do it mm-hmm. because that doesn't do anything to to devalue the foundness of the footage, like, no, that yeah. has a reason to be there. Yes. Whereas if they tried to add something to that back end to the scene, that would just make it seem like this wasn't real, this wasn't right. something that actually mm-hmm. happened. So, I think that was great. I'm glad they left the original ending and they had that information kind of given to the viewer and you're like oh you know later when Mm -hmm. you watch it but i think i also read that um like like i mentioned they didn't have 
like an explicit script with like thing they had to, words they had to say. It was all improvised. They got like film canisters, the different actors that had like notes for like a, like uh, you're losing your mind. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or you know, so you know, you're really scared, or you're gonna leave. Yeah. After I went to go to sleep, you're gonna leave. And um, if they catch you, you say you're gonna go take a piss and you're leaving though. Like, yeah. That that's what they told Josh. And so then he left. I wonder about Mikey kicking the map into the river, like if that was yeah. something he came up with or if that was a direction. Well, I'm not sure, but I do know in see- a scene that wasn't included, uh, Josh crumpled it up onto the ground. Oh, okay. And then Mike kicked it into the river. So whatever they were doing, it was supposed to be like they sabotaged the map yeah, or whatever and um, make it worse. Like all of them had like the direction for like how they were supposed to be mm-hmm. for for the day or whatever. Like, someone is losing their mind, like I mentioned, or um, Heather is lost but doesn't want to admit it. Yeah. That kind of stuff. So I thought that was really fun and Challenging cool. for them. Yeah, kind of cool, like, reading about it. Like, only one of the actors is still acting. The guy who played Josh, who's named Josh. Mm-hmm. And now Heather grows weed. Like, <laughs> has, like, a weed grower's farm for uh, a living. And the other guy, I don't know what he does, but yeah. I thought that was... Um, pretty cool and i always like hearing a little bit more of like the how it's made yeah and like what thought goes into it, especially something as original as that absolutely it didn't exist prior i mean i we could be wrong but i really yeah. don't know i i haven't researched anything to support that that state that attesting that we're doing that this was the first but i would say it was the first huge right if it wasn't the actual first it's the first one that mattered like the one that like was meshed in later made fun of oh, and yeah. you know spoofed um, and spoofed a million everything times, yeah um in our culture and even if you haven't even seen it you've seen i'm so scared (laughs) of what is it mike when he says when people don't label their personal food in the refrigerator (laughs) i think that's it lazy scranton (laughs) yeah all right well i think this is a great discussion next time we are talking about the last exorcism yeah so give it a watch if you haven't it's really good. I watched it once, and then Katie was like, have you seen it? I was like, no, I've never heard of it. And then she like told me about it. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> so I watched it again. We'll talk about it. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.